Welcome back to our study of the Psalms. We are looking at Psalm 6 today, and what we're going to do is work our way briefly through the Psalm, and then we'll come back and talk about some connections to Christ and some connections to us in our lives. So let's first work through the Psalm. It tells us at the beginning, uh, to the choir master with stringed instruments, according to the Shemineth, a Psalm of David. So most of that um, doesn't tell us a whole lot. But we are told specifically that this is one of David's psalms. And here's what David says, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? So in those first three verses, what we see is that David is asking God to be gracious to him. In particular, in verse 1, he tells God, essentially, I can't handle discipline right now. The state that I'm in, I, I'm asking you not to discipline me, not to rebuke me. Not because discipline or, or rebuke are bad. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 12 that uh, God disciplines those he loves right, for our good. Um, we need to be rebuked at times. But there are seasons and circumstances where we just can't handle that. And that's what David is saying about himself at this point. Verse 2, he talks about what he is suffering physically, right? He says, I'm languishing. And he says, my bones are troubled. So there's a, a physical dimension to what David is suffering, but there's also a spiritual dimension to what he's suffering, because in verse 3, he says, my soul also is greatly troubled. So He's spiritually distressed, he's uh, physically suffering, and he asks at the end of verse 3, essentially, God, how long are you going to let this go on? How long are you going to let this continue? So he's asking God to be gracious to him in this season where he is physically and spiritually suffering. And he's asking God, essentially, to, to bring an end to it, right? When he says, uh, but you, O Lord, how long? Then in the next section, verses 4 and 5, he asked God to deliver him from death. He says, turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? Essentially what he's saying there is, if I die, if, if God, if you let me die, then I can't praise you here on the earth anymore. And so uh, deliver me, rescue me. And then in verses 6 and 7, he says, I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. So David says that his sorrow has worn him out. He is exhausted right, from his, uh, his weeping and, and groaning. Um, and he tells us in verse 7 that this grief is being caused by his enemies, right? It grows weak because of all my foes. So we get a hint there of what's going on uh, to cause David to be in this state. And then <clears throat> verses 8 through 10, it says, Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. So in those last verses, David expresses his confidence that God will deliver him 
from his enemies. And so those evildoers who are distressing him should leave him alone because God has heard his prayer. And uh, it recalls in Exodus chapter 2 when Israel was in slavery and they were groaning that uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 through 25 says, During those days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. And it says their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. So if you remove just the slavery part of that, it sounds very similar to what David is expressing. That David is groaning, that David is in distress and God has heard David's plea. And God has also made promises to David. Right? And uh, God is going to act to deliver David, and his enemies are going to then be put to shame. So that's what the psalm is about. That's what David is expressing, his uh, plea to God for grace in a time of deep distress, his request for deliverance from death, his uh, expression of weariness because of his sorrow, and his confidence that God has heard his prayer and will deliver him from his enemies. How does this psalm connect to Jesus? What, what does this express about the experience of Christ? Well, Christ, of course, also experienced great sorrow as he was approaching his death on the cross. Right, He was troubled and he was sorrowful. Uh, Jesus also uh, was uh, not, though he did, so though he did die, he did not stay in the tomb but was raised from the dead. Um, so he was not left in the grave, and David's going to talk about that more in Psalm 16, but just as uh, David asks for deliverance so that he can continue to praise the Lord, Jesus was delivered uh, through death, right, and when he was resurrected, and then he continued to teach his disciples, um, and of course continues to work through the disciples and his church um, by the Spirit. And then um, the uh, enemies of Christ, of course, were put to shame. Colossians 2 says that God triumphed over them through Jesus and Jesus' death, uh, that they were put to open shame, the demonic powers were, uh, through the death of Christ. And so uh, Christ's enemies, those who uh, betrayed him and those who handed him over to death, uh, those who sought his harm, they were put to shame uh, through Jesus' death and resurrection. So there are multiple connections to Christ as well. And then there are some uh, some ways that we can connect to this psalm, some ways that we can draw encouragement and help from this psalm. First of all, uh, it's good to remember that God is sensitive to our state and to the seasons of life that we go through. What, what I mean by that is David is asking God not to rebuke him, not to discipline him during this uh, season, right, in this state that he's in. And it's important for us to remember that God is aware of our weaknesses. For example, in Psalm 103, verse 14, it says that God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. God knows that we are creatures, that we are weak, and that we are frail. And he treats us accordingly. But not only that, he treats us according to our um, specific situations and one of the things, one of the places where the Bible talks about this is in uh, Matthew 12, verse 20, where it's talking about Jesus fulfilling a prophecy that says, A bruised reed he will not break, 
and a smoldering wick you will not quench. God is not indifferent to where we are or what we're going through. If our faith is weak, right, if we are bruised, uh, if the the flame, right, of our faith or our life or whatever is is barely burning, he's not the kind of person who just snuffs that out, who says, well, if you just if you can't handle this, it's too bad. He's gentle and compassionate. And so it's good for us to remember that. And it's good for us to seek to imitate that as we uh, care for others and, and interact with others, to be aware as much as we can of, of what they're going through and what they need in that moment. Um, they might, um, though someone might deserve a rebuke, they may not need it. They may not be able to handle it in that particular moment. That might need to wait. Um, we, we need to be compassionate uh, like the Lord is. Uh, also, David asked God to um, to rescue him, to deliver him. He says in verse 4, uh, for the sake of your steadfast love. Right? And God also saves us God, in his mercy and love. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 talks about that. And God is uh, loving and God is merciful and God is gracious toward us. David also asked God to deliver his life so that he can continue to praise the Lord in verse 5. And that's why we exist, to honor and glorify God. In fact, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And then finally, God also hears our prayers and will deliver us from our enemies. Uh, if we belong to Christ, if we trust in him, then we will also be vindicated and delivered. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.26 says, The last enemy to be destroyed is death. We do have an enemy. And that last enemy that's going to be destroyed is death. And when that's destroyed, later in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, We're going we're gonna to say, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Because we'll be raised from the dead, immortal, no longer perishing to live in the presence of God with Christ. And we will rejoice and celebrate on that day. We will be vindicated. Right? Jesus will deliver us from all of our enemies, especially that last enemy, which is death itself. So there's good news in this song. Reminders of God's compassion, reminders that God hears our prayers, uh, reminders that uh, we will one day, one day be delivered from all that troubles us. If we trust in him, God bless.